All right, Lacey. How Hi. Are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. I know we don't know each other. My name is Pastor Nate. I'm the student pastor here over United. Um, and man, so excited for you to join us. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. I've seen some of your 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 videos making fun of youth pastors. I gotta tell you, I I, I was a little offended. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I really, but I meant to offend you a little. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I, I thought I had thick skin, and then I was like, these jokes are too real, and I actually cried and had to go to therapy. But um, it's okay. I'll, I'll pull you later. Um, <laughs> hey, but really excited for you to you join us. Um, I, I just see the platform that God has given you, and just how you're using it for His glory. And I think um, it can just. Uh, it can just show a lot to our students that, that God can use um, just whatever. I mean, the things that he's given us, they were meant for his glory. Right. And so yeah. um, really, to, really excited to jump in. But, um, you know, we do have a lot of students listening. So I would love for them to get to know you a little bit. Tell us your story, where you grew up, the household you grew up in and um, just who is Lacey. Yeah, cool. So um, I'm Lacey and uh, otherwise known as Jezbeth. Um, that is my online character that I play. Um, I like to yeah poke fun at youth pastors or women's conference speakers and just call out the things that we love to hate about ministry. Um, but yeah, I grew up uh, in a in a broken household. Whenever I was seven months old, my parents got divorced. Um, I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Um, but when my parents got divorced at seven months old, I kind of was just born into chaos and just born into inconsistency, instability, really no firm foundation. My mom is on her <clears throat> fourth marriage. My dad is on his fifth. Uh, had a lot of stepmoms and stepdads and step siblings, um, and really just, again, no firm foundation, no really safe place to land. Um, and never really felt like I had a place to call home. I went to a lot of elementary schools. We we moved around quite a bit, as you can imagine. Um, and by the time that I was 16 years old, I had um, I was struggling with an eating disorder. I was struggling with an addiction to pornography um, that nobody knew about. I uh, had tried to take my own life very seriously three times, and I was self harming. So I um, I was struggling. I was in a very hopeless, desperate place at 16. And I felt very alone. I did not feel like anybody loved me, let alone that a God of the universe could love me. Um, my only real like experiences or encounters with God um, were when I was really young, about five or six years old. My mom was married to a man um, who was involved in the church. And so we would go with him and his family. And um, it was very confusing for my brothers and I because uh, every single night before bed, we would like get together and we would say the Lord's Prayer. So we'd all hold hands and say, Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so I met, I have that memorized at a young age. Yeah. Um, but that same man physically abused my mom. And so that was like our first real picture of the church or God or anything like that. So wow. the same man that claimed to know Jesus was also this man um, who was a monster in our eyes. So that was our first encounter with God. That was really my only experience or uh, understanding of any anything church or God related. So it was clouded, really clouded. And um, at 16, my dad uh, kicked me out and asked me to live with my grandma because he said that I was too much. And mm -hmm. I'll never forget those words being spoken over me at this pivotal time in my life. You know, 16, I was hopeless and desperate, broken, alone. And the person that is supposed to love and protect me and care for me, my dad, was like, you're too much and I can't do this. And um, so I moved to my grandma. And my grandma 
was just polar opposite of who I was. Like I, at 16, I thought I was Avril Lavigne. So I would wear like really dark makeup and like just everything was so complicated and hard and I would wear all black. And I'd go and my grandma like has an apron for every occasion. Yeah. And she's like always greeting, like opening the door with like fresh biscuits and jam. And she like <laughs> loves Jesus. So I'm like, this is like my worst nightmare. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you got to live with your, I'm like, I would rather be literally anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but thankfully my grandma knowing Jesus, she was really prayed up whenever I got there. Wow. And so she actually didn't talk to me for like the first three days. We didn't really communicate, which was like my dream come true. I was like, good. I don't want to talk to you anyway, this bad attitude. And, um, I was sleeping, I was the room I was staying in it was my mom's old bedroom. And so I was right across the hallway from my grandma where my grandma slept. And the only source of entertainment I had was a TV, this like huge brick of a TV that the only channel was the Smurfs. Mm. So I would literally just watch these tiny blue people singing happy songs all day long. Yeah. And that was all I did. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have any connection with the outside world. No, no Facebook, Instagram. That wasn't, that wasn't a thing whenever I was struggling. So um the third day of not speaking to anybody no communication with the outside world except for the smurfs my grandma comes into the room and she's like hey i just wanted like you to read this if you want to i have this here and i'm she she did it in such a way that was so brilliant and so like casual that i was open to it because if she would have come the first day and been yeah. like i have this bible and you should read it i would have been like no literally no and i probably never would have read it but she yeah. came in the third day after me being so bored and just like so tired and exhausted and just like wanted any kind of communication with anyone. And she brings in and it's obviously it's spoiler alert, it's the Bible. Wow. And it's, <laughs> and it's open to Psalm 139. And I'll never forget um just like the way that I felt of just I really was hopeless and broken and desperate. And I needed, I needed love, I needed care. And all of my life I had felt like everyone had made my pain about them. Instead yeah. of just looking at me and getting on my level and just eye to eye saying, I love you, I care for you. It was always like, here's all the ways that I've failed. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there like, I just want somebody to love me. So uh, my grandma put it face open like this on the bed, slid it over. And it was Psalm 139. And it's like all about how God knew everything about me, mm. how he had been with me since I was in my mother's womb, how every day of my life had been planned out for every single breath and how he cared for every, every hair on my head, every freckle. I was like, I was astonished at the love that God had for me. And that's how I came to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that was like really kind of my moment of like, okay, now I know that this is true for me. Um, but it would obviously, it's a journey of walking with God. Um, and I didn't really, I don't think I really started taking my faith seriously and walking with Jesus until I was 21. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was in Bible college and I confessed my pornography addiction to a friend started seeking healing from that um and really started understanding that oh you have to actually live like you believe this stuff you can't just uh post the scriptures on your on your instagram feed and say that you're having your quiet time or like listen to the worship songs you actually have to be changed by what's in the scripture yeah. and so um i got on staff i started doing ministry i felt i felt the call to ministry at a young age never really wanted to do it yeah. uh but i knew that god was going to use my story because it is so powerful and he did do such a work in my life that I was going to speak to other girls and other students and other women. And um, I, uh, I, I got on staff at a church um, that I was attending and I just felt like all of the lies of like, God can't use you. That's like, that was my song. I was like, well, I have this crazy past. And if, if all these people knew, 
I'd be on stage leading worship and be like, if all these people knew what I'd done or the things I've seen or the ways that I used to like, they would just be like, get her out of here. And yeah. so I really fought, I fought that and I still fight that, fight the lies of the enemy. But um, yeah, I've been doing ministry and small group ministry and girls ministry for 10 years now. Wow. And um, student ministry is like my favorite thing in the entire world. So love the students, love you all listening. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like, I know that that was like kind of long winded, no. but that's actually my short version of my testimony, yeah. believe it or not. No, that'll, that'll preach. I mean, that was, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, because I know just your story alone, uh, just hit a lot of our students right now, just, um, with their struggles, with their broken households, with their, uh, I mean, we just got up a series on sex and pornography. And so, uh, just a lot of seeing students confess and get the help has, has been amazing, but I just know listening to that story, um, because what they heard just now is, I mean, it's a testimony. It's like what your life looked like before. Um, and then obviously, uh, they see you on social media. They see, they've seen you at beautiful conference. They've seen you, uh, even in this talk and they're like, well, obviously God still chose to use her. Um, and right. so that right there is such an encouragement to our students. And, uh, I love that you talked about your grandma because I tell people that if it wasn't for my grandma, I wouldn't be a student pastor today. Like she's the one that was just like constantly bringing me to church and, and reading the Bible to me. And it's like grandma enough, but it was like, <laughs> man, just the prayers of a faithful grandma can really do so much. Um, but yeah. no, thanks for sharing that that's awesome yeah definitely you talked about uh you have an online name um called yeah. uh, Je jesse beth jesse beth okay so i have like my name my real name's nate and my online name is also nate um so i don't i don't <laughs> I don't have a uh, thank you so much for letting me know <laughs> <laughs> um but where did that where did that originate from like what like how did that happen uh, whenever I was in, I was like, I think I was like 18, a senior in high school. Um, instead of like, my friends would come to me and ask for like advice on boys and stuff. They'd be like, should I date this guy? And instead of just giving them normal advice, like sitting down with them and being like, no, you shouldn't, or yes, you should. I don't know why, but I would pretend to be a pastor. So I would just pick up the nearest like book around me and I would put my fingers in it, like, and never open it. And I would start to preach. And uh, I the, like it just rolled off the tongue when I was like, my name is Jesse Beth and it's short for Jezebel Bathsheba. And I don't know why that happened and came out the way it did, but it did. And so I, the first like sermon I preached to my friends was my friend had a crush on a guy named Manny. Mm -hmm. And I called him, I like, and he was amazing. Like love Jesus, like was so awesome. So I was like, yeah. he's really a Manny of God. And so that was yeah. like kind of where Jesse Beth was born. And yeah. then she's just gotten progressively worse over the years. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I would say. That's great. Um, but on top of that, it's like it, it is a way in which you you use what God's given you. Right. Like 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 when it comes to like what God has created you God's to intent. do, like, like, like what did that process look like of realizing like, oh, my gosh, like God can use this. It's so funny because like people are so confused by Jesse Beth and then they're like so wait do you actually love Jesus and I'm like oh yeah they're like so you love people like Jesse Beth and I was like well I was her yeah. like it's just it's it's I lived it so Jesse Beth is really judgmental and she's the girl who will like say I'll be praying for you but like like gossips in the form of prayer requests like in the in the small group will be like we should really pray for her because she's really struggling and it's like okay but like yeah. uh, I, I I lived that and so now it's like the healing comes 
I always say I want to lock people back to the cross because there's so many people walking away from Jesus. There's so many people leaving the church. There's so many people who are deconstructing and reconstructing and all these things that people are leaving more than ever. And I think one of the best bridges to Jesus is humor. So if you can make people laugh, like I love to make people laugh. I mm-hmm. love to make jokes. I love like, I love to be the life of the party. And I always want to make people smile, make them feel known, make them feel seen. And one of the best ways I found to make people feel seen is to make them laugh. Mm-hmm. If you can reach like somebody's sense of humor and make them laugh, they're like, she totally gets it. She sees that this, there is dysfunction in the church. That's yeah. the reality. The reality is the church is not a perfect place and never will be because it's a bunch of broken people trying yeah. to get together and love people. It's like, it's never going to be perfect, yeah. but if you can laugh at the things and laugh at some of the things that have happened and laugh. And I have found that people can heal. And I didn't realize that God was going to really use Jazzy Beth the way he has in the last two years until I started getting messages of people. Someone like messaged me and said that they hadn't like stepped back into a church building in seven years Mm -hmm. and that they were like, Jesse Beth made me realize that I can laugh. And I went to church last Sunday or people who haven't read their Bible in 10 years. Like I ordered a Bible on Amazon yesterday because Jesse Beth. I'm like, not because of Jesse Beth, like (laughs) Jesse Beth, but it's like God can use, like God can use any, like any of the gifts that you are willing, like it's the willingness, it's the surrender, because it's like people have this idea that God does great things through great people. And God does great things through people who are funny. And God does great things through people who have a platform. It's like, ah, 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 no, God does great things through people who are surrendered. If you just have open hands and you say, I don't have much to offer you, Lord, but I'll use it. I'm like, I'm like, you guys heard my story, a sinner like me, a broken person like me. I'm like, I don't have much to offer, but what I do have, I will let you use. And then he will take it and he will multiply it times a thousand. That's so good. Now, I mean, God can do a lot with available. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's like. It, like me and and what I do, you and what you do, it's not by your own gifting. It's by God's power working through you and the gifting that the one that supplied you with. And so I think that's that's so good. And um, just as you're talking, it, it just makes me think like, man, I, I, there's so many students that are sitting there thinking, like, how can God use me? Like, how can God use my talent? How can God use this thing? Like, listen, if God, God created you, God gifted you with talents. Right. They're not there just for no reason. They're there because right. he wants you to use them for your glory. Um, and I love that you talked about the church as a whole. And I think for many times uh, people uh, have been turned off by the church because they see it as people that are hypocritical and people that um, are just stuck up. And it's like, man, I think that one of the best things that we can do for our non-Christian friends is, is to share with them our flaws and our imperfections like understanding that like we are a people group that are like we are imperfect people in pursuit of a perfect god they don't need a perfect me they don't need a perfect lacy they don't need a perfect jesse beth what they need is a perfect god and they they need to understand that we are also on our own journey and we do fall and we do make mistakes but we're going to get back up or we're going to chase after jesus because that's where perfection lies and uh Man, I think that right there is just going to speak to a lot of our students and because they think, man, I can never live up to this standard. It's like, listen, God's not asking you to be strong enough. He's asking you to allow him to be. He just wants you to be available. He just wants you to surrender like you're talking about over to him and allow God to do the work through you and in use to impact other people. Totally. One of like my favorite things to say when I, 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 uh, my my small group just recently graduated high school. So two years ago, they're sophomores in college now, but I mm-hmm. was with them 
through it all. And they are some of my favorite people. But one of the things I used to always say to them, my girls, was like, share the gospel, don't make it weird. Mm. And I, I didn't, I, the point is, is like, we are weird. Yeah. If you think about what we believe as a whole, that a man 2000 died, a dead man, 2000, he died and then he was in a tomb and then he got, he was alive all of a sudden. And then yeah. now we drink his blood and we eat his body. Yeah. Like we're already weird, so let's just embrace that. But when we're when we're sharing the gospel with other people, I think we have this tendency to become like preachy, or we mm. like we're like we have this like breathy voice we use when we pray, and we're like God just, yes. and it's like you do not have to be weird. You don't yeah. have to make it. A, it's not a performance. It's not a show. I have found the best way to reach people is to be authentically yourself, to that's... be who God made you to be, and that's for me. It's like I I just cannot be serious i have to just always yeah. make jokes and poke fun and god will use that if, if if i let him and so i just found like share the gospel don't make it weird be surrendered live with open hands and ask god to use whatever it is that you because he has given you gifts so right. people are like i don't have any gifts you mean you don't have a stage you think yeah. because you don't have a stage you don't have a gift it's like those are not the those are not like no. those those don't have to coexist no so it's like 99 percent of ministry happens off the stage and so it's like, it's exactly. not, it's, it's not the fact that, Hey, Oh, I, I can't preach like this person. Or I can't sing like this person. So God can't use me. It's like, listen, it like inside the church building, like it's actually better to have gifts that are outside the building so that you're impacting right. the world. And so it's like, right. yes, the church is a place where you're going to be built up and you're going to be um, encouraged and empowered. But like, if you're not actually getting sent out to go and impact the world, what we did inside the church actually didn't even matter. Doesn't matter. Right. And so like understanding that, like, yes, God can use a sense of humor. And if he's given you one, great. It's like, hey, are you good with kids? That's not just for you to just be good with kids. It's like, man, go and be good with kids. Like go and work in right. children's industry, go and serve and go in and use your gifting for that. Um, are you good at just talking to people? Well, it's like people need the, the people to talk to. Totally. Just totally. listen. Well, hey, that's a gift that God can use. Give it to God and allow him to use it and, and be good at listening. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think as as students are listening to this, my encouragement to them is, hey, just like, like really look at yourself and say, what am I good at? And the things that yeah. you're good at, they weren't just they're not there just for no reason. They're there so that God right. can use them um, for your good, but more importantly, for God's glory. Yeah, I love that. Good. Um, so, so as you know, students are sitting, they're listening to this, they're, they're, they're watching this in some areas. Um, what advice would you give them? Cause you have an incredible story, uh, where, you know, you, at, at the end of the day, it's the story of the gospel. You were once dead, but now yeah. you're alive and you're thriving mm -hmm. for God living for his glory. Mm -hmm. Like uh, out of that and, and looking at the talents and, and realizing you had talents that, uh, God can use students are sitting there thinking they don't have talents. Students are there sitting in the mess still, um, where, you know, God obviously wants to use their mess as a message like they're, but they're still in the mess. Like what, what does that look like? Like what, what type of encouragement, what type of advice would you give to them? Yeah. Um, I would say there's just so many things I want to say to students. I love students. So, um, uh, one of the things I would say is that, uh, take Jesus seriously. Now I hear so many students, they're like, well, when I get to college or like when I graduate college or when I get married or whenever I have kids, then I'll, it's like, what, like, why would you want to wait? Like, yeah. What it, like I I just think we should live like today's our last day. And so if you're a student and you're and you're thinking, well, God can't use me at my school. That's awkward. That's weird. It's like, absolutely, He wants to use you at your school. So if you're wondering how or what that looks like, ask Him. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Pastor Nate, I can like we can we can you know give you advice. 
but there's only one God who knows the in inward parts of you, who That's knows it. your gifts and knows you better than than anybody could ever know you. Yep. So ask him, write it down. God, how do you want to use me? Put it on your mirror. God, how do you want to use me today? And ask him every single day because the way he wants to use me today is a different way he wanted to use me 10 years ago, but he's still using me. So ask him how he wants to use you in that moment, in that day. Or if there's somebody like one of the, one of the most important things in a school is like you look around and students, everybody's just, we're, we're all lost. Mm. Like I just remember being in high school and it's a very dark place. Absolutely. Everyone's lost and people want hope and they want truth and they want light. But students are so scared mm -hmm. to say like, Hey, God loves you. Like, okay, well again, don't make it weird. Don't yes. be, don't be uncomfortable and be like, yep. Hey, um, do you know Jesus is your personal Lord and savior? It's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> just take a step back. Um, yeah. see, see a person. And if you see somebody who's hurting, who's you can, and, and you can tell people are hurting. If yeah. you see a person who's hurting and you're in your head, this is what Satan will try to tell you. The enemy will try to tell you, you can't help a hurting person because you're also hurting. Like, yeah. That's, that's actually not true. That's a lie from the enemy. And God wants to use your brokenness to reach other people. Mm. And so if you see a person who's hurting and they're broken and, and you just lift your eyes to them and say, Hey, Hey, how are you? Like, Hey, you know, or invite them to church or whatever that looks like, whatever it is, don't make it weird. It doesn't have to be this weird pre presentation of the gospel or you're like, Jesus came for you and he died and he rose again and he loves you. And it's like, yeah. okay. Or just say, Hey, I see that like, you're going to like, can, like part of my story is helping other people. Like you just have a conversation with a person, start a friendship. And sometimes it'll take weeks before you can invite them to church or feel comfortable to, but that's yeah. okay. Just yeah. start the conversation and take Jesus seriously now, because the people that are around you in your school are the ones who need him the most. Absolutely. No, I love that. I think like sh you sharing that just reminds me of like, man, people just need to see that you care. Like at the end of the day, like, like just, just that's literally the heart of God. That you'll, that you'll listen to them, that you're, that you're somebody that will, you know, not talk to them and then go behind their back and stab them in the back. Just like be genuine people that are like, and, and share your struggles, like share, like be vulnerable yeah. with them. Like the fact that like, Hey, yes, you know what? I struggle with that too. Or yep. Hey, that's, you know, that's a little bit about my story as well. Like people really do bond yeah. over brokenness. Like that's okay. It's like, Hey, that's I'm broken sense. in this area. You're broken in this area. And then through that relationship, being able to say, Hey, but like, Hey, I'm working on getting better. And, and, and what that yeah. looks like is yes, that's an, that's an open door to be able to share the gospel. Um, but yeah, yeah, going up and standing on your table, like I've never heard a testimony. <laughs> and, and, hey, somebody yelled at me on the street and now I believe in Jesus that, that I've never heard that before. It's probably there somewhere, but for the most part, it's like yeah. somebody cared for me. And through that caring, I was able to see that, man, it's possible to have a relationship with God. Um, yeah. I feel like nobody can relate to somebody who has it all together. So uh, don't try to be the person who is like above everybody else and you're like well i just study god's word every single day and i it's like nobody relates to that people relate to people who are like hey i'm hurting as well but let's like do this together so yeah, yeah. no that's great that's so good well seriously thank you so much um can i actually ask you would you be able to pray for our students yeah i would love to cool. i would love to lord thank you so much uh for every student under the sound of my voice thank you god that you have uh, given them so many gifts and, and God that you want to use their gifts, not that you just give them gifts, 
because you are the giver of all things, but that you want them to use those gifts. And so God, I pray even now you would be in this conversation, you would be revealing to these students what it is that you want them to do for your glory and, and ultimately for their good as well. So God, I just thank you that you see us, that you love us, that you care for us. I thank you, God, that um, every single person listening to this that is thinking, God can't use me. I don't have any gifts. Thank you, God, that you just absolutely crush that lie. Yes. That your truth absolutely trumps those lies. That that your your word and your truth is our ultimate final say. So thank you, God, that that is so not true for these students. That they they do have a purpose, a gift, and a calling, and you can use them even now, no matter what age they are, no matter what stage of life they're in, no matter if they're hurting or if they're doing the best they've ever done. God, that you can use what they have as long as they are surrendered. So God, would you allow us to be surrendered and to be open-handed to what you want us to do? Amen. 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 Thank you.